when we decide, when we declare that what we want is happening, not only do we organize ourselves around it, but we shift the odds in our favor immediately. Welcome to episode two of the Make It Inevitable podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zamora, and in this episode, I will be walking you through the five phases of the Make the Impossible Inevitable methodology. This is a matrix methodology that I have been developing for the last few years and really living and putting into practice in my own life and around my own big, impossible visions and desires. I have also been bringing it into my one-on-one coaching work and watching as it transforms the lives of my clients and program members. So this is something that is very important to understand. And if you listen to episode one, I talked about the two aspects of really engaging in this work and these conversations. The first is to build an intellectual understanding, understanding the methodology, understanding the order that we move through it, understanding why it is a matrix and we move back and forth between different phases as is necessary and needed. When you have an intellectual understanding of this work, you are able to start applying it. It gives you a little bit of leverage to start to see it play out as you move towards your big goals and desires. Intellectual understanding, however, is not enough. You have to live this process. And that is the second aspect of engaging with these conversations and this work is to actually live it out fully, to actually embody it, to make it a part of your foundational operating system and worldview so that everything that you do be, how you move, how you engage with the world, what you think, what you believe stems from this paradigm. This methodology becomes a paradigm when you really start to embody it and live it out fully. The more that it becomes a paradigm for you, meaning a worldview that you come from, the more rapidly things begin to shift around you. So it's not enough to understand this work intellectually. You have to actually put it into practice and live it and embody it fully. And we'll talk a lot about energetics and embodiment throughout the conversations that we have on the show because that's what it really means to live it. It's not fake it till you make it. It's not go through the motions and hope that on an energetic and deeper level, you catch up to it by faking it, by going through the motions, by taking the steps. You actually have to live it fully. You have to embody the work. You have to become a person who comes from, exists from, moves from this methodology. So it's really, really vital that you understand that the intellectual piece will only get you so far. And as you see, as we go through the phases in this episode, you'll start to see that there is a lot of work in living this process. And it's not easy work. This work is challenging. And I don't say that to deter or discourage you. I say it to give you an energy and mentality and mindset of preparedness. If I were to tell you that boarding the flight to go on your dream vacation would come with challenges, that wouldn't deter you or discourage you, most likely, from trying to get on the plane. It would help you prepare. It would help you look at the time that you're leaving for the airport and what traffic or construction that you might encounter. You might decide to leave a little bit earlier. You might go into it with the mindset and mentality of, okay, it's going to be a slog just to get to the airport, but I don't want to start this trip off in a negative headspace, so I'm just going to listen to my favorite tunes, pull up the recent podcast episode I want to listen to, and I'm going to make the best of this experience as much as I can. It's not going to stop you from going through the security line. It's going to give you that attitude of preparedness, that mindset that energy of, it's going to be a long line today. I'm going to need to bring extra snacks. I'm going to make sure that I have a small bottle of water that I can drink on my way to where I need to throw it out. You're going to get there early. You're going to navigate through things differently because you understand that there will be challenges on the way to boarding your flight. 
you wouldn't just give up and stay home. And yet that's what's happening for most people. Instead of living this process, instead of learning it, instead of doing the work that they need to do, instead of having a mindset and energy of preparedness and expectation that there will be challenges on the way, they give up, they quit, they go back to the known and familiar, they stay home. I put in a lot of effort to make sure it is clear to my clients, to my program members, to you, that this work will have challenges. That doesn't mean that you can't do it. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't start. It doesn't mean that you should quit and give up and revert the first time you encounter those challenges. It means go into this work with an expectation that it will be difficult in some areas more than others. This work is not easy. That's why most people don't make the impossible happen. You are actively moving against your subconscious programming. You are actively moving against the things that you believe have kept you as safe, secure, and successful as you have been up until this point. The things that you believe have gained you love and belonging, all things that we need and crave to stay safe as humans. This process, living this methodology, will ask you to go against those things. Of course it's difficult. Of course it's challenging. It's going to ask you to heal to grow, to stretch, to live on your edge. What's uncomfortable, you have to face it, you have to move through it, you have to learn entirely new ways of being, entirely new ways of engaging with the world and moving through it. This work is not easy. Don't let that deter you, don't let that discourage you. I share this to normalize it because when you normalize, that there will be challenges that you will have to face, that there will be deeper work that you have to face, that there are things that will be more difficult for you than other people at different points in the journey. When we normalize this, we go in with an attitude of preparedness. It doesn't mean that we're going to manifest challenges out of thin air. That's not how it works. It means we expect that there may probably, likely be difficulties along the way, and we are prepared for that. So when they crop up, which they will, you don't get discouraged. You don't buy into the lie that there's something wrong with you or other people or the world. You don't let your core wounds and deepest, greatest fears take over. You see them for what they are. You work on them. We work on all of this stuff. You'll see that as we talk about this. But you don't give up. You don't quit. You don't buy into the lies. You might rest and take breaks, but you normalize that there are challenges. It doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you. It doesn't mean that the universe is telling you that your goals are impossible, that you should give up and do something else. It's not a sign. So go into this work expecting challenges. And so many people don't want that. They think that manifestation should be easy and seamless. And that if you're expecting challenges, well, you're the one creating them. And that's not how it works. This is difficult work. Expect that. Go into it with that mindset of preparedness. Listen to the episodes that I share with you. I'm going to be giving you so many tools and resources to navigate through all of this far more easily. The more resourced you are, the more prepared you are mentally, energetically, emotionally, the more easeful it is to move through the difficult aspects. So let's dig in and go through the five phases. Phase one is to claim your desire. Nothing happens without desire and without claiming that desire. And this can't be any old desire. It can't be a desire that you think you should want. It can't be something that's ego-based. It has to be a desire that's anchored in your heart and your soul and your purpose. It has to be yours. That means for some people, that you're not even ready to really begin living this methodology. You actually have to go back and do a step that comes before this work, which is alignment. Coming into alignment with your truth, the truth of who you are, the truth of who you're here to be. Understanding what your purpose is, what you're called towards. Being in relationship with your body and your intuition and having trust in yourself, trust in your intuition, trust in your ability to navigate whatever comes up as you move into alignment. So we have a program called Actualize has a whole week-long module on alignment. That's how important it is. So if you struggle already with claiming a desire, 
If you feel like you don't know what you really want, or you have a list of things you want, but you know that they're rooted in ego, or you know that they're things you think you should want for whatever reasons, you have to take that step back and you have to do the alignment work. You have to know yourself. You have to be in relationship with yourself and your body and your desires and your purpose. So if you need support with that, I recommend our Actualize program, but it's just about building a relationship to yourself. The second piece of desire is that it has to be big. It has to be something that is so big, so important to you, that it will move you through this work. If you don't want the thing that you're claiming enough, you won't face your subconscious programming. You won't do the deeper healing and growth work. You'll give up. You might not even start. It has to be a desire that is big. It has to be something that is so meaningful to you that you are willing to move through this when it gets challenging. You have to really want it. So it can't just be a small, might be nice desire. It has to be big. You have to claim the thing that your heart really craves, that your soul is drawn towards, that you're called to. I have tried to live this methodology like full embodiment, try to live this methodology around things that I thought I should want, things that other people pushed me or influenced me to think were desires of my own, things that were ego-based, that weren't truly in alignment for me. And you can amp those things up and you can make them so big and seem so sparkly and juicy that you think you really want them. But if you don't, if it's not in alignment for you, you won't do this work. You won't move forward. So you have to tap into your soul desire. You have to be anchored in yourself and your purpose. And you have to claim the thing that you want. And the second phase, which we'll talk about in a second, is eliminating our subconscious stoppers. As you claim your desire, you are likely bumping right into your first set of stoppers. You might be bumping into the fact that you are terrified to claim what you want because you might face judgment or rejection or abandonment. You might be disowned by your family or your religion or your culture if you claim what your heart and soul really desire, what's anchored in your purpose. So that can be one reason that it's difficult for us to claim our desire. It's scary. There's risk involved. We might lose people and things and opportunities. So it has to be worth it to you. And if you can't claim that desire, none of the rest of the methodology will work for you. You won't live it. You won't embody it. Nothing will happen. So you have to claim what's true for you, what you really want, what your soul desires. And some of the questions that I ask to help with this are, what, if it were possible, would you claim? More importantly, what, if it were not only possible, but you could have it easily and seamlessly, without any loss or discomfort, without any judgment or abandonment or rejection, what would you claim? What would you go for? What would you allow yourself to have? If you didn't have to face any of the discomfort, any of the challenges, any of the potential losses, if there was nothing to be afraid of, If the how was seamless and easy and you didn't even have to worry about it, if you had all the resources that you need, time, energy, money, support, what would you claim? That is the thing to start with. If you can't do that, there could be a block and a fear you need support with. You have to face that. You could be trying to claim what you think you should want. You could be so disconnected from yourself that you can't even hear yourself anymore. That has been me at certain points in my journey. Times where I've had to step away from my relationships, my communities, the places that I lived so I could hear myself again. Is that you? Is that what's blocking you? And if so, you need to do the deeper alignment work. You need to build that trust in yourself. You need to build a relationship with your heart, your soul, your purpose so that you can claim it. And if you know, write that down. What is that big desire that you really want that is so worth doing this work that I have already told you will be challenging, will be difficult, will cause you to face parts of yourself and your life and other people in the world, your core wounds, your traumas? 
What's worth doing that for? Write that down. Make note of that. Phase two is to eliminate your stoppers. And these are our subconscious patterns and strategies for stopping. Like I said, for phase one, that could be as simple as it is too terrifying to claim what you want. It can be fear. It can be fear of loss, fear of the unknown. There are so many fears that we have that get us to stop, that keep us from even starting to begin with. What are those for you? It can be our traumas. Trauma can put us in a state of freeze. Trauma can paralyze us. Trauma triggers and responses can scramble our brains and we can no longer differentiate between what was in the past and what's happening now. Trauma, and we all have trauma, gets stored in the body on a cellular level. It rewires our brains. So if you have trauma, or if you have PTSD, that's a stopper. It's something that needs to be healed and cleared and addressed. There's a rewiring that needs to happen. There's trauma stored in your cells, in your bones, in your tissue that needs to be processed out. Unresolved grief, unprocessed emotions. Anytime that you think you have somehow tricked your body by being stoic, by suppressing or bypassing emotions, by stuffing them down, all of that lives in your body and your cells, and all of it will get activated as you move to make the impossible inevitable. So you have to address those things. And our subconscious mind is wired with one goal in mind to keep us safe. And safe to the subconscious means alive. It doesn't know that going after your big goal of starting a business, publishing a book, getting into that soul level connection relationship, it doesn't know that that's not the same as wandering down some new and different path in the woods all by yourself where you can get eaten by a bear. To the subconscious, change, anything new or different, anything outside the known and familiar, no matter how much you consciously want it, it doesn't know that you can survive it. So even if consciously the known and familiar for you is misaligned, unfulfilling, painful, abusive, toxic, your subconscious knows that you can survive it. Going for more, going for different, trying to make the impossible happen, doesn't matter if consciously you know it's better. Your subconscious does not know that you can survive it. So as we move around claiming our desires, stoppers come up. We have to eliminate them. We have to work with them. That means deeper healing work. That means facing our fears, naming them. And something that I say to my clients, something I had to learn for myself, something that I live by now, is that as these stoppers reveal themselves to you, see it as a gift. It's a gift to have a trauma response and a trauma trigger. It doesn't feel like it. It's painful. It's challenging. It's confusing. It hurts. But it's a gift. It's a gift to have all of your fears bubble up, to be overwhelmed by fear. It's a gift to have your core wound stories that are so painful and hard to think about, let alone face. Those are a gift. Whatever comes up as you start to claim your desires and you start to live and work this process that prompts you to stop, that makes you so scared you're paralyzed, you can't move, the trauma that blurs the lines between time and your brain, these are gifts. And if you can see them as such, then you can work with them. Because any time that something comes up, it is an opportunity for deeper healing and growth. Anytime a stopper comes up, it is revealing itself to you. Now you know it's there. Now you know what's been holding you back. Now you have something that you can work with. And that's the thing about this phase. Phase two, eliminating our stoppers. You have to do the work. It's not enough to know that they're there. It's not enough to have the intellectual understanding that I'm having a trauma response around claiming this desire because this happened in my childhood, because of a deep abandonment or rejection, because of abuse or toxicity. If you don't do the work to clear it, 
from your body to process it out. Process work is such a big piece of the work that I do with myself and my clients because it's stored in our bodies. And so intellectual understanding gives us a bit of leverage, gives us a bit of leverage to understand why something is happening, to even think about it differently, to possibly slow ourselves down enough to notice it and try to do something different. But the charge still lives in our body. It lives in our cells and our bones and our tissues. You have to process that out. And the more that you process that out, the more leverage you have to actually move differently, to think differently, to believe differently. And what was once a big trauma response can become a really small one or it can disappear completely. So you have to do the deeper work. It's not enough to understand these things. It's not enough to understand your fears, your limiting beliefs, your subconscious strategies. We'll talk a lot about winning strategies in episode three. This is deep subconscious work that we'll address. So intellectual understanding is not enough. And most people stop there. They feel so empowered, enlightened, clear on what's happening and why, yet they still can't make what they want happen because they're not clearing it, moving it, processing out of their body, their cells, their nervous system. So eliminating our stoppers is a lot of work and it's good, healing, freeing work. It's challenging. It's uncomfortable. But it will give you so much freedom and leverage to create what you want. And you can't skip this. You have to do the deeper work. Phase three of this methodology is to decide and declare. Nothing happens without decision. Decision is an energetic frequency. When you are decided that what you want is happening, you move through the world differently. You organize yourself around it in such a way that it is inevitable. It has to happen. The odds immediately shift in your favor when you decide that what you want is happening versus I think maybe someday I might. I think it would be nice. When we're not decided and we've claimed our desire and we're addressing the stoppers that come up, we are flirting with what we want. We are not actually in process on making it happen. We're not energetically organized around making it happen. We are not moving in expectation of it happening. Decision is critical. You have to be decided. Every single thing that I have made a reality that felt impossible started with a decision. And when we decide, when we declare that what we want is happening, not only do we organize ourselves around it, but we shift the odds in our favor immediately. Take one of my big impossible visions as an example. I really want to own land in Montana, somewhere in the mountains, somewhere north. I want a homestead. I want to live off grid. And when this desire dropped in for me, I flirted with it. I did a little research. I started watching a little bit of videos here and there. I dreamed about it. I imagined it. I flirted with it. But the odds of it happening, slim, very slim to none. Because I wasn't organized around it. I was flirting with the idea of it. I was still living my life on a different trajectory. I was still engaging with life from a different place. Of Here's this fun thing that might be nice to do one day, maybe. Maybe I could make that happen. But when I decided that it would happen, I started getting new downloads and directives. I started getting new intuitive hits around how to actually move towards that. That's when the idea of living in a camper dropped in for me. And even when that first dropped in, I flirted with it. The first moment that I had the idea, I felt the excitement. I felt the alignment. I felt the intuitive yes. It was a very loud yes. But I flirted with it for a while. I watched videos. I followed people on social media. I dreamed about it, what it could be like, what my little house could look like. I looked at decor. None of that shifted the odds in my favor. The odds of me owning a camper slim to none. But when I decided that it was happening and I declared that it would be so, I organized myself, my whole self, around making it happen. Suddenly I was engaging in completely different conversations. I was moving through the world completely differently. I was making different decisions to support that. And the odds shifted immediately in my favor. 
me being decided that I would have a camper made the odds far more favorable for me than the me moments before the decision that was flirting with the idea of it, than someone else who's flirting with the idea of it. So you have to be decided and you know the difference. Think of a time that you were really decided that something was happening. It could be something small, it could be something big. You moved through the world differently. You held a different frequency and a different energy. You made different decisions. You had different conversations. You organized yourself and your life in such a way that it was inevitable that it would happen. So you have to be decided. And the declaration piece is being very clear on what it is that you are decided around. Very clear on what the next step is, what it is that you are going to make happen. When you decide and declare, you shift into a frequency of expectation that it will happen. You make it inevitable by deciding that it will be. And the odds shift in your favor because now you are organized in such a way that you are on the trajectory for it, that you are creating clearings left and right for it to come in. You move through the world differently. You know the difference when you are decided and when you are not. It's not enough to think maybe someday I might. And so many people do this because they are afraid, going back to phase one, to claim their desire. So many people do this, going back to phase two, because they haven't done the deeper work to be able to claim it. Whole body, mind, soul, spirit, energy, all parts of you in decision that it is happening in expectation of it. Most people can't do this because of their internal blocks, their stoppers, their fears, their traumas, their beliefs, their subconscious strategies. So if you can't decide, if you can't feel in your whole being that you are decided and you are energetically organized in such a way that it has to happen because you have decided and you are expecting it to, then there's deeper things to address. You have to go back to your stoppers. You have to be clear on your desire. Is this what I really want? So you'll see, you move through all the phases. That's why it's a matrix. What is the decision that you need to make? What is it that you need to declare is happening? Phase four is to clear the path. This is about becoming a clearing for what you want to come in. We become a clearing, a little bit of a clearing, when we decide and declare. When we decide that what we want is happening, we create a pathway. But the bigger piece of this work is way of being. And we'll talk so much about way of being throughout all of this. In our interviews, in every episode, way of being work is energetics and embodiment. Becoming the clearing for what you want hinges heavily on way of being work. So what is way of being work? Who you are being in the world. When you decide that what you want is happening, when you declare that it will be so and you start moving in expectation of it, you are being a different person. You are being somebody who expects what you want to happen. You are being somebody who engages in different conversations, makes different decisions, thinks different thoughts, believes different things. You are being someone different than when you were flirting with it than before you even claimed your desire. So the way of being work that comes into play in phase four is to tap into the consciousness and energetic frequency of the you who has the thing that you want. Far too often, we mistakenly believe that we have to have the thing we want to be the person who has it. But it's the other way around. You have to be that person to become a match for it, to create a clearing in which it can begin moving towards you. This is energetics and embodiment work. This is about frequency. When you operate on a certain frequency, one of being decided, two of being organized in expectation of what you want coming in, three, calling in your future consciousness into the now, being that person now, you align with what it is that you want. We'll have a whole episode where we talk about energetics and embodiment, what that actually means, how we actually do that. It's that important. So you have to tap into that consciousness of your future self. You have to really envision and visualize who is the me that has this. For me, who is the me that has the homestead, the off-grid homestead in the mountains up north? Who is she? 
and really build a relationship with her, really understand her consciousness, her energy, how she moves through the world. It's not just the actions. Actions that we take stem from our way of being. So when I am being someone who is undecided, I am taking different actions. I am engaging in different conversations. I'm making different decisions. I'm thinking different thoughts, believing different things. Who is the me that has what I want? How do I move like her today? How do I think like her? Believe like her? Decide like her? Converse like her? How do I relate to things like her? You might have a block around this. It might feel impossible to even imagine yourself having the thing that you want. That means you need to go back to phase two. There's a stopper there. There's a subconscious strategy. There's a belief system that's not serving you. There's a fear. There's a trauma. There's something you need to clear from the past. Or you're not claiming the desire that's aligned for you. Because when you can, when you can really hold the big desire of what you want and be decided that it is possible, you can envision what it will be like to have it and you can tap into that consciousness of the you that has it and bring them into the now. And some of the stoppers that you will encounter are around circumstances. How do I move like the me that has a big chunk of land up north in the mountains where most people want land? When my bank account doesn't reflect that, when I don't have the support system, when my business is not there, when my life is very different. It's about energetics and frequency, embodying that fully, thinking like this person, moving like this person, making decisions about the now as the person who has what we want. This takes a lot of work, takes a lot of understanding who that person is and really embodying them now, living it, pulling them into the now, showing up as them. Maybe my circumstances now are different, but the decisions that I make around investing money, the conversations that I have and who I have them with, the way I live my life, the habits that I hold, are very different. So I will make decisions around circumstances right now, money, health, lifestyle, business, from the energetic frequency of the me who has what I want. We're not bypassing the fact that our circumstances don't match the thing that we want, but we are engaging with them completely differently. And when we do that, we clear a path for that future to start moving towards us more rapidly. We clear more openings to be in alignment with the things that we need in order to make that a reality. So this is energetics and embodiment work, way of being. Who are you being? Are you being the person who has what you want? All parts of what that means. And if not, what's blocking you? Go back to phase two and do that work. Phase five is to bridge the gap. So this is about closing the gap, collapsing time, bringing what we want into fruition more rapidly, but it's also about building a bridge building a bridge so that we can move towards what we want so that we start to close the gap between where we are and where we want to be, between who we are now and who we need to be. But we're building a bridge so that we can move towards what we want as well so we can take giant steps forward. When it comes to bridging the gap, we're talking about action. But within this methodology, we have to take a completely different kind of action than we're used to, than what we've been taught about manifestation and goal achievement. The action that we take is conversation the conversations that we are engaged in internally and externally. And this is so critical, so crucial to understand these conversations that I'm going to do a whole separate episode on them. So I'm not going to touch on them in full today, but I want you to understand that when it comes to bridging the gap, when it comes to making the impossible inevitable, we are acting in a completely different way. What we do in the world, the actions that we take matter, but they should be at this point stemming from our new way of being. So they're already in alignment with what we say we want. But the main conversation that we have to focus on is the internal conversations and the external conversations. So we'll talk about what that means in a separate episode. But notice for now, what are the conversations that you are engaged in? Are they supportive 
of building a bridge to what it is that you want and closing the gap between where you are and what you want more rapidly? Probably not. Because most of us have been brought up in a different paradigm and the conversations that we engage in, especially the internal ones, are not set up in such a way, are not had in such a way that we can make impossible things inevitable. It's actually the opposite. They move us backwards. They move us away from what we want. So conversation is key. Another huge aspect of bridging the gap is our context. Context is king. Context is everything. And so many people don't even consider context. It's pretty incredible how we move through life without even considering our context, the context of the situation, the context of our life, our actions, our beliefs, the context of other people. Context is also so critical that I will be doing a separate episode on it so that you can understand how context comes into play and how necessary it is to understand and shift in order to create our impossible reality, in order to bring it to life, to fruition, to make it inevitable. Context is everything. And with context, we will cover that in relation to the conversations that we are having, the way we are moving through and engaging with the world, but also the context that we hold, the greater context that we hold for our life, for this particular impossible goal, this desire that we really want. Context shapes everything that we do. The context that we hold is the framing from which we make decisions, we make sense of things, we take actions, we think, we feel, we believe. So we will be looking at our context. And for now in this episode, you can ask yourself, what is my context? Have you even stopped to think about it? Do you even know what context means? Do you know how it's influencing everything that you're doing, how you hold certain things? Do you know your context? Do you understand other people's? Do you understand the greater context of the goals that you've been setting and why you've been moving towards them? So we will get into context in a separate episode and it will change your life. When you understand context, and you really see and understand these different conversations that we have internally and externally, it will completely transform your life. It will completely transform your relationship to everything that's happening, to who you are, to what you're creating, to other people. It is the ultimate leverage. And a lot of these things that we're talking about give us leverage. They make it more easeful for us to create rapid transformation, to make the impossible inevitable. We create more leverage through doing this work. When you claim your desire and you clear any blocks around that and you come into full alignment, you create a certain amount of leverage. When you eliminate your stoppers as they come up, when you heal, when you clear, when you process out, when you rewire and you repattern, you gain more leverage. When you decide and declare, when you organize yourself in such a way that what you want is inevitable, when you move in expectation, when you shift your way of being and you become a clearing for what you want, when you change your context, when you take different action, all of this gives us more leverage. And the more leverage we have, the more easeful it becomes to create what we want and the more rapidly it comes into reality. I'm sure you see it now that in each phase, in each conversation that we have on this podcast, there is more work to do. It's not enough to understand this. Understanding is amazing. It's going to give you such incredible leverage. If you're looking at things differently just from understanding this methodology, that's leverage. But it's not enough to make the impossible inevitable. You have to live this process. You have to do this work. So I will be going into more detail in separate episodes about different facets of this methodology. And I will be bringing on guest experts who have made the impossible happen or courageous go-getters who are in process in the messy middle so that you can see this methodology at play. You can see how it actually helps people, myself included, my clients included, make the impossible inevitable, move it into a reality. Understanding is the first step. Living it is the most important second step. 
So there you have it. There are the five phases on a high level of the make the impossible inevitable methodology. This is something that I have been really working and living in my own life. And I am going to share in different episodes, certain stories of my own so that you can see how I have lived this process, but I can't stress enough. You have to live it. Anytime I have tried to work the process without fully living it, it just doesn't work. And so if it's not working for you, if you're trying to do this work, if you're trying to bring an impossible vision to life, there's just deeper work to do. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. What you want is not so impossible that it's impossible to work a process to bring it to life. Making the impossible happen, there's no secret. It's not magic. It's a process. And when you learn to live and work this process, you can make impossible things happen rather rapidly. Things that felt so far out of reach can move towards you so quickly that it leaves your head spinning. This process works. So if it's not working for you, there's something deeper at play that's blocking you. You just need support. You just need healing and clearing. And I have plenty of resources for that. Free, paid. Reach out if you need support. Episode three, like I said, we will be talking about your subconscious winning strategy. So we're going to go deep into the subconscious programming and this particular strategy that has kept us as safe, secure, and successful as we have been to this date and has allowed us to gain love and belonging to whatever degree we have. It's something that we believe is allowing us to win and succeed, but only within the realm of what we believe on a deeper level is possible. This strategy is actually keeping what you want impossible. Every time you activate it to achieve something, you push what you really desire further and further away. So we will unpack that in episode three. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of our incredible community of purpose-driven individuals. If you are ready to put these teachings into practice in your own life, head on over to www.stephaniezamora.com podcast, where you'll get access to our collection of actionable and easy to implement workbooks. That includes our renowned methodology for making the impossible inevitable that's helped hundreds of individuals worldwide get into motion on their most important goals. Plus, our comprehensive guide to stopping self-sabotage and navigating the terror barrier with more grace and ease. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.